So I think like when I did that the Credicles experiment, I felt really proud taking pictures because I was really passionate in what I wanted to do. And that's why I felt very comfortable talking about it. Rather than uh, you do something that is so mediocre, then you just don't feel passionate about it. Uh, so I think the most important thing is that just don't be afraid. If you have something that you want to do, it's not just for creatives actually, even for yourself. If you want to get a hobby, just, just do it. You may not even realize that you might even really love it a lot, that it become your actual job itself. Yeah, two sir, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stories, yeah, stories. Nest daily. Yeah, that's that's the most important guess. I think everybody can remember. Yeah. yeah. My name is Kok Kao. Um, I am a content producer or a video editor, whatever you call me as. But basically, I do basic uh, from like pre-production to post-production itself. Um, but mostly, I've been handling quite a bit of post-production ever since my admission into a diploma in motion graphics and broadcast design in Nanyang Polytechnic. So I have been doing videos ever since... I was in secondary school and I think the passion just really grew from there and um, I want to do something that is very close to filmmaking so very similar to a lot of YouTubers doing I think really my inspiration came from Wong Fu Productions yeah so I grew up watching their short films and even I really loved their movie as well Everything Before Us from them it's really the it's really the pinnacle of their career, seriously. So, 
judging from you know as as a as as an inspir- inspiring um, you know filmmaker, I think they are really the the goal that I think you know we all should really look forward to, uh, especially if we want to you know um, start businesses and just want to you know, do storytelling and all this. I think they are really you know a great inspiration to a lot of people, uh. yeah, especially that. Um, other than that, uh, I been doing motion graphics quite a lot as my diploma states. Uh, I've been doing motion graphics for at least um, maybe three to five years already. So right now I'm doing full time as a junior content producer in a digital uh, media agency. I handle a bit of you know their social media accounts where you know I do the um, you know rich media content and aesthetics uh, aesthetic content as well. So. Mainly, if what if you stumble upon any of the Facebook, Instagram accounts where they have like all this short media posts, it's usually what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, I noticed because uh, you have two accounts. Yep. One should be your personal mm-hmm. account. Okay. Yes, correct. And the other one is called Karatokonus Experiment. <laughs> experiment. <laughs> okay, so it's called the Karatokonus Experiment. So it's actually a. Um, um, I would say it's a photography series um, from um, inspired from my eye disease actually so I think I told you this before when I first met up with you I was this upfront about it <laughs> but I think this this eye disease has really allowed me to see the world in many different perspectives so to give you an understanding on what I see is that uh, Cratoconus allows me to see double of everything so I literally see two of your eyes right now I, no, I, saw, I see four of your eyes right now I see two of your nose I see two of your mouth I see two of everything right now which is I mean when I first got to know about this disease honestly it's very devastating because I wanted to do films, I want to do videos, I want to do whatever I want to do, and it, it, rewi- it relies a lot on my eyes. So to be, you know, to given the diagnosis from the doctors saying that, oh, you know, this characterconus is really, a, it's an evolving disease. It's like a, like a ticking time bomb. You will keep, you know, becoming worse and worse. So what it does is that it thins, uh, it thins the the cornea. You know how cornea is usually the, uh, I would say, a semicircle shape. Mm. So now it becomes more towards a cone shape itself. So it it affects my reflection, or refraction. So and then um, as the time goes on, it becomes worse and worse and worse. And unfortunately, there isn't really a cure to this. So unless I go through cross linking, which I went, thank you NS. But <laughs> okay, but um, I went through cross linking, but it's only for my left eye, which is, was considered quite severe. But my right eye, it has he has cratoconus, but it's not as serious actually. So thankfully, it's helping me to see a lot of things. But other than that, um, I'm still well and alive. Then I realized. Instead, it being an obstacle to my life, why don't I use it as a story of my own? So that's where the Cratoconus experiment came about. And I didn't really have a fancy camera, actually. So what I did is that I had uh, my uh, phone camera. 
I forgot what was my first camera that I a phone first phone camera that I used for that series. But I think it was a Huawei Nova 2i. I think it's that, or it could be a Sony Xperia. Yeah, but I used those two phones first. And then I went around like on the streets just taking pictures. If it sucked, just suck. I, I don't care how it looks like at first. But then I think that um the whole goal of the, exper- uh, the experiment is that with each photo that I upload, it must be better than the previous in any way possible. So it could be lighting, it could be exposure, it could be you know temperature-wise, or it could be just the shot itself, how I compose everything. I think that's really important whenever I try to take a better photo every time. So right now, the photo series, if you go to Instagram, it's at its 200 photo. So I've been doing this for about three to four years already. Yeah. And um, some of my photos, I'm actually really proud of it. I, I'm, I'm really proud of some of them. And um, I, I don't want to sound like as if I'm bragging everything, but I mean, when people always say that, like, which camera is it from? That's where <laughs> I tell them the, the honest truth that it's from a phone camera and they really get really shocked. And I think that that's where I really tell them it's not about the equipment sometimes. Yes. It is about whether you're willing to step up your comfort zones and do something different. Mm-hmm. I think that is really what the credit Corners experiment has really taught me throughout the few years, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, no, 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 please don't. During that event itself, I mean, you were busy, I was busy as well. So I was actually in a previous company as well. Yeah, so I left that company. I can't really say why, but. but uh, I had to be with my boss and my supervisor as well. So I was intern back then. So I was doing up a bit of, you know, just scouting, especially for Nas Daily, that's it. Yeah, because my main purpose was actually for Nas Daily, uh, Nas Daily back then. So, I mean, I got to know you then, I guess. Yeah, so it's a bonus for me. And Stanley introduced me to him. So I think that was really... Uh, yeah, I mean it's fated, I would say, yeah. It's very uh, brightly defined. Yeah. Definitely. And at that time I was still I was still new into this whole social media, like uh, at least I'm trying to make a name for myself. Yeah. I'm still trying to explore uh, with people and I quit my job very close to doing that video. Like I just quit the job like for like a month. Oh so, so I see, I see. So uh, during that time, I was like open to everyone. I'm just trying to like absorb as much as I can. As a full-timer, I feel I'm obligated to explore, to make new friends. Yeah. I think I owe it to myself to really get to know the people in the industry, in and out, uh, be it uh, doing photography, photography, graphic design, motion design. I feel that I need to talk to every single one of them so that I can kind of like kind of learn from everyone. Because I feel that uh, uh, this, in, in this creative field, right, it's really about uh, learning. It's really yes, yes. 
explore and really mimic everybody's story to kind of like understand why they do what they do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, what this this photography series really taught me is to step down from the very beginning and learning how to be humble. So learning how to, you know, learn everything from scratch. And, you know, without this photo series, I don't think I've learned what I've learned about, you know, ISO exposure, you know, the rule of thirds, all this. I took everything in poly for granted. So I, 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 I even had a photography module as well. So, I mean, I didn't really pay attention too much because I always thought that, oh, as long as the photo got story, that's it. But I don't think it's just about that. Yes. You need to know technical skills as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, okay, that's a very, very interesting intro. I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I haven't even started anything yet. We haven't even started anything yet. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, okay, for everyone that is uh, like telling you all excuses, like you have no time every day, and, uh, and you, you can't uh, create, then I feel like performing the best example for me. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. I think procrastination is the worst disease of all diseases. Because really, you should really find the inner voice, the inner voice that you want to create. Everybody in this way has some sort of voice that you want to create. Even if you want to try, like, you want to try podcast. Yes, yes. I think it's been spreading around, and I feel that content creation is the next way forward for everyone. Everybody is consuming media and stuff. Definitely. It's way too long. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not dark. I would say that it's just something personal of mine. Yeah, but definitely. I have never been so shy about it. I always like to share the story to people. So it's just of me saying that, you know, just just try lah. Don't be afraid. Yeah, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Well, as 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 I mean, the only thing that you lose is just experiences that you have not tried before. Mm. So I say that like the only thing you lose is just time, but at least you learn something along the way. Yes. So I mean, we can lose time, but if the journey doesn't really taught you anything, that's even more time wasted. Yeah, so just as long as you aim that you learn something every time, that, that's it. That's why, like I said, that with every image, I must learn something. Or at least like with every few images. Lah, because when I was like in my 100 plus images, I, I felt like I've learned something already a lot. So like I really, by the time I was reaching like around 90 plus, 100 plus, I got rid of the auto settings. 
yeah, I, I started I started to you know shy away from all those settings. I just went through the the manual settings through the the phone camera app. So I started to play around with the balancing of the ISO, the shutter speed and the exposure. And it wasn't easy for me because I have been always relying on auto um, settings and it's not easy, you know. Like they say that, oh, at certain timing of the day, you must put 100 ISO. Some, the, some at night, you must use 1000 or something. I'm like, yeah, but shutter speed, how? Then that's where the, the, the balancing of this magical tree, yeah. So yeah. it's so annoying, but I mean, that's where I really learned a lot from there. Yeah. True la, but yeah. Don't, don't get scared. Yeah, I, I, I'm not talking about all this because like, it's, it's not going to scare you, but I would say that this kind of things, it will be a step of the process. So it's like, if you want to push yourself, that's where you have to learn things like this to push your, whatever you're doing right now. It's not just applies to photography. But it applies to any aspect in life, so just learn in, just learn from little things in life. Then I mean, it will just happen to improve your your quality of life, really. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get so, into so the yeah. Sure. Yeah. A bit. You should have some answers really. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Okay, so are you ready? Okay, let's just go with it. Three, two, one. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Uh, don't be afraid. Nice. Yeah. What's something that you feel at? O levels. Mm. Yeah. If your house was on fire, what two things would you run into to get? Uh, I had this answer in my mind, but then I changing it a bit really. So honestly, it's my smartphone and my hard drive. This two. Mm. Yeah. That's the, it. What's the weirdest request from a client? Weirdest request? Mm. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> Can I get back to you on that later? Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, yeah. I'm recounting right now, yeah. If you had one superpower, what would it be and why? Honestly, the ability to not overthink. Oh. Yeah. Because I personally overthink a lot. So, I mean, actually not really to overthink, but maybe ability to just calm myself down every single time. Yeah. So you have like nervousness? Yes. It's not nervousness, nervousness, but it's just like I think about a lot of things. Like I can think the thousand scenarios that can happen right now. Yeah. Yes. So that you can foresee everything that's gonna happen. So that you can prep. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I'm not saying that I can pre- I can predict everything, but I would say that this um ability to overthink actually helps me in, you know, predicting a bit of like what I should avoid, what I should have done and everything. And mm-hmm. even if I make a mistake, I would say that, oh, at least I have learned this. So it's a new it's another way of me screwing up. Yeah. So what's the best movie you ever watched? I don't really watch movies, but okay. If I were to name one movie, I would say that um Bad Genius. I really loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a Thai movie. Mm-hmm. You should watch it. Okay. It's on Netflix. Just go and watch it. Yeah. What's it 
okay, it's it's about this um Thai girl is um helping others to cheat. Oh yeah. Yes, helping others to cheat and then it became a multi-million scandal. Yeah. It's like a, it, it, it becomes a business. Yeah, it becomes a business. Yeah, I become a business. She, she flew overseas. Yes. Like that, right? I watched it like a few times. And oh, I still think that it's the most uh, an inspiring movie ever. Yeah. yeah. Anything can be a business. Yeah, yeah. It's natural. And I just love it how they input their Thai com- uh, comedy to a point that it's not cringy, yeah. but it really helps to supplement the movie a lot. Yeah. Okay, so the last question is, what's the, uh, eh, no, uh, the last question is, if you weren't in this industry, what would you be doing right now? Honestly, I would be a mathematics teacher or oh. could be just an instructor in general because I just really like teaching people. Instructor is Okay, if I were not to be in... Okay, I, w- I would take this question a little... Not so seriously. I will say um, maybe like, help people to edit or maybe, you know, doing like filming classes. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Still in the media. Yeah, still in the media, but but not what I'm doing right now. It's basically like, you know, producing, editing here and there. But if to be really out of the trade, I would say mathematics teacher because I used to be really good in Max. Until some teacher tell me, oh, you're really bad at it. <laughs> then I got afraid of Max already. Oh, no, yeah. Anyway, coming back to that question. Yeah, I thought of it, but I couldn't really think one. Um, that's a good problem, actually. Maybe I've thought of one, but usually it frustrates me more than I think is a weird request. Usually clients like to ask a lot of... Um, very minor details, which frustrates me a lot. So it's like, oh, change this color to another color. I mean, that's not so major yet. Or maybe like change the copy, oh, sorry, maybe changing the copy in, in the video or or in the, the static image or something. Then I'm like, it's just one common difference or like, it's just like some spelling. I'm like, why is it important? So this kind of things, I mean, when I'm doing my full-time job as well, I do face this kind of problems where they say that, oh, um, there is like this uh, s- uh, grammar problem inside, which doesn't concern me at all. Yeah. But because the, the company does go through, like, um, as a creative, I have to go through the, the copywriter, and the copywriter will give me back the, the, the amended copy to put inside the visual, which is honestly, it's very tiring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my job scope, but when the client comes back with like, you know, rounds and rounds and rounds of changes just for the copy itself, and then because I still have to do a lot of other projects as well, just amending those copy problems problems is just annoying me a lot. That's all, yeah. Yeah, it's just a pet peeve. Huh? Not really something that says... Okay. No, I haven't really. I haven't been through that yet, and thankfully, it haven't yet. So, we shall pray that it shouldn't happen to me in the next 30, 40 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, la. So, okay, we, we cleared the quick parameters mm. quite quick. That's like 10 minutes or less than 10 Yeah. So, we came to the main topic of the day. I can't really think of like the topic, like you know, the headline form. So, what I wrote on my notes 
life of a producer. Okay, sure. So um, I'm quite new to this concept of like a producer producer because as everyone knows, I actually do like one man show. Sure. To me, it feels like I can do it alone. But mm-hmm. then as my projects get bigger and bigger, uh, as the money gets higher and higher, I feel like I need help. And producing is one of the things that is very gratifying. Uh, and when the first time I encounter this world, it feels like producer is a person that handles everything. It feels like... Yeah, it feels like, yes, yeah. correct. But then when I go deep down and try to... Uh, actually did Google a bit and it feels like they, they do a pre-production, the production and so post-production. Correct. It might split into set production and like other executive producers. They are like very different. They branch out into even more umbrellas. So yes. uh, it's not really just like one person handles all, but it can be split into a team of producers. So uh, today we have Kong Hao that has a little bit more experience than me in terms of how of a live producer is. I think he will be the best position Okay, sure. So uh, maybe you can share a bit more, then uh, if there's anything I will try and just jump along. Okay, sure. Um, I'll give you two perspectives of that question that I can answer to. The first is the film industry. The second is the design industry, like the, the one that I'm working right now. So I, I will touch on um, the first one later on because that is more relevant to what I need to talk about. But the second one is that, right, I would say being a producer in my company right now, I would say that um, it has its ups and downs, definitely. So it's never easy dedicating a team. And producer sometimes it can just mean a one-man show or it can be you know, uh, uh, doing with, you know, interns or dealing with, you know, like, like editors, dealing with directors, all that kind of stuff. So I would say that um, being the one-man show, you have the freedom to really do everything you have to do. But when you have to deal with people, that's where the headache comes in. That's where I would say that uh, you have to learn to communicate with people properly, especially, you know, ideas. It's not just about oh hee hee ha ha things. That's where the bonding helps a bit. But when you're trying to communicate ideas between you know creative to creative, maybe creative to copywriter, you know creative to maybe a producer, or maybe a creative to like a, a director or something, or like a producer, whatever, whatever, whatever role to role. Um, I'll say that having the, the the communication it's really important. Able to communicate your ideas well, communicate your your visuals properly, and that's where the hierarchy sometimes doesn't really help. Yeah, so it complicates things. So that's why, for me personally, I try my best to skip hierarchies. I will go straight to the problem. So I will say to the person like, "Hey, I know I'm 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 skipping the chain of command, but I will try my best to solve this right now." Uh, help me, you know, deal with this, help me do with that, or help I'll help you do with this, help you do with that. I think this way really solves the barrier, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I think it really solves wasting of time. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you go through chain of command, you have to spread the message. Then A goes to B, B goes to C, then C goes B, then B goes to A. I don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes it can be in any kind of settings. Like for example, in my company, I do have to do with this as well. But even as a solo producer doing everything, you still have to deal with clients, like how you're doing right now. Actually, everybody is a producer by themselves. Like even for yourself, like you, you deal with clients. Technically, you're a producer as well because you handle a lot of things. Like my definition of producer is that you you handle everything, but at the same time, you manage everything. Yeah, so like you manage clients, you manage equipment, you manage the team, you manage edits as well. So basically, when you see the project from pre-production and post, that is a producer already. Yeah, to me, that, that's how I define, define it. Um, people have different kinds of definition and I think that that is my own way of defining it. And it's never easy, you know, doing, you know, from the, the starting line to the end line. Mm. And it, it just it just really, you know, exhausts you a lot. If, if you can summarize, like, uh, like a whole uh, timeline from uh, well, just a generic project, uh, what does the, what the producer does in the pre, during, and the post? Can you, like, kind of like do, like, a short timeline? Hmm. Okay, so right now, I can just describe maybe doing an animation or maybe doing a motion graphics project. So from the very first beginning is that the producer has to kind of manage the client's expectations. So understanding the, the, the project well, understanding the workflow between the company, how are they going to deliver the project from you know, the company to the client and how the client can you know, receive the feedback. Um, no, sorry, how the company can receive the feedback from the, from the client. I think all this must be sorted out very carefully because if we don't settle this properly, in the future, there's going to be a lot of problems. Yeah. After that, uh, that's where the pre-production happens. That's where you have to con- conceptualize things. That's where you have to come up with storyboards, thumbnails, timing reels, everything. Uh, no, producer doesn't really do that. But he has to manage time, uh, time well, understanding where can it go wrong, and whether the like whatever visuals, whatever perspective, whatever you know creative ideas that is coming out at the, at that stage have to be translated well with the client. Yeah, and also if. If by any chance we have to find uh, freelancers, we are responsible for that. Yeah. So let's say if there's a film production going on, as producers, we are responsible to source for a lot of things, from set design, props, uh, like art itself, uh, from talents, um, from lights, like cameras, orders. And if you are finding like rentals, it's even more tricky because you have to be responsible for their, uh, whether they are not spoiled or not because nobody wants to pay anything. Because from what I've learned from the film industry is that um, producers have to really pay for almost everything if things go wrong. Yeah, you're, you're reliable for everything. Um, it's another thing for itself. So I'm just saying, like in a typical yeah 
general thing, yeah. So usually, uh, the the producer have to really be responsible for all, all this, because what like once again, like I said, uh, the producer is like a it's like a prefect. It goes through every single thing. It's like I you have to report to me. I have to report to you. I'm basically like I have to oversee everything. I wouldn't say micromanage, but I have to make sure that nothing goes wrong. And then basically, when it goes to the production stage, assuming it's a film project, um, you have to make sure that everything goes on track. So, is are the talents coming on time? Are the food coming for the people for the for the talents and everything? Uh, are the crew coming on time? Basically, coming up with the 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 core shit, and then from there managing whether if it's gonna rain on that day, which is gonna be very important. If it rains, what's the plan B? If it's an indoor outdoor shoot, uh, what can you do about it? So are they powerpoints and everything? Sometimes uh, producers they do work quite a bit with production manager. Yeah, on the film set. Again, like I said, this is just um, a very um, short experience of mine. I I've been in the producing. Uh, I'm doing the producing role for like only three to five months, so I'm just giving out based on what I've really learned, and um, because the the job that I'm right now doing is quite fast paced, so we do like a few projects per week, and it's really tiring after a while. So that's why I I'm just trying my best to, not say too much mistakes, but I'm trying my best to you know lay out whatever I can. Then from there, that's where the post production happens. So for post production, like. Uh, Making sure the edit goes well, any visual effects, and then you know licensing with make sure that the the comments from the client is translated well into the project itself. Other than that, uh, you have to really is there a premiere for the video or like an animation or is there like anything that we need to do about it? That's where the copy comes in. That's where you know how do we schedule the release for it? So if it's like a big budget that uh, you know film production, you know find like um, let's say I'm doing a, a premiere for the movie or premiere for the film, I have to find location on where do I uh, where do I um, premiere the movie at? Is it gonna be free? Do I have to sell tickets? Do I have to invite the media? It's crazy, yeah. So and then. Uh, on the event itself, again, you have to make sure nothing goes wrong. Are the media really coming? Do I have Do I have to answer any questions to the media? Do I have to prepare questions for, um, for any panels, if there is a panel on that day itself? Other than that, I think that's really the finishing line. That's what I can think of for now. Okay. Yeah. So wow, you actually quite 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 detailed. Cause, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, maybe you can share a little more about finances. Do you do like budgeting, or is there like any budgeting that you need? Not really. Um, based on my experiences, um, we have to work with the production manager quite a bit. Mm. But in my company itself, um, I don't deal with finances, because the finances is usually my boss handle it, or it could be the project team itself. So I don't usually handle the finances. I only handling the sourcing and managing the the project properly. Okay. Yeah, that that's it. I I handle quite a bit of that. Other than that, uh, finances is that we have to find our way to make it no budget. 
Yeah, which is always the painful word, uh, painful two words to hear. Yeah. And, um, you know, finding free things to do, it's not easy. Yeah. Because in Singapore, everything's expensive. Yeah. It's crazy because um, all this needs time, all this needs effort, and you need to pay them to do all this. Like, for example, like I was doing like a shoot itself. Uh, we want to do like a... Um, like a, a old a hair salon, uh, but the person was not very happy. Uh, he wanted to come. Uh, wanted us to compensate him for using one hour of his time to interview him, and um, uh, he's uh, using his salon as well because he's very used to you know, um, being paid by the media to use his salon as like a set for mo- many movies and also many TV series. Mm-hmm. Basically, a lot of media companies find him and uh, he's being used by being paid already. So we have to come to agreement that, you know, we're just doing this as like a passion project to explain and use their lingo. It's a lot of, you know, using their language. Yeah. yeah and learning to be shameless at times. And learning not to not uh, accept no. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You have to be stubborn at times, which is what a producer have to do at times. And as a person that uh, I find myself very embarrassed by saying uh, by by being rejected at times, it's not easy. It's never easy, especially when you're being rejected, especially when people just want to work with you or people just have uh, other commitments or people have like uh, their own reasons to say no it's it's never easy to you know work with these people as well so you have to be shameless you have to find some way to you know not say bright them but <laughs> I would say that maybe try your best to you know find a solution to it yeah Yes. No, I don't do as extensive as what you guys usually do. Uh, I also have to handle and also uh, make sure that my clients. I I think that the first part is very important. Really managing the expectation of uh, your client, because uh, some of the clients when they engage a production or something, they the expectation uh, or the lingo they might not understand. Yes, correct. So what they see from other sources that they want to translate into what they want to do they might not understand what it takes to reach a certain level so only a producer that will be in house will understand where, uh, whether their own company have the capabilities they have the, have the resources to even attain certain expectations I think that part is better but at least when I do alone I do have to answer to I do have to check with correct I can just straight away tell them yes no straight away I think uh, I've been going through that place. So when you talk, tell me about your handle A, B, C, and T concurrently, I think that part is a bit, uh, a little bit daunting uh, because uh, knowing that you have to, I think it's really about teamwork. If you, if you don't gel as a team well enough, I think, uh, don't even need to talk about clients. Working as a team internally, they really have some political and some conflict on interest. You know, like, just make things very difficult. That's why, yes. Yeah. So, uh, uh, when, when you see like, you know, when you see like, uh, those movie credits, then you see like, tons of, uh, 
Yes, yes, yes. There's a good reason why producers are at the front, yeah. not at the back or something. There's yeah. A lot of things that they, they need to do, la, but uh, very lucky that Kohong managed to like, explain the whole train of process. Might not be as very detailed, but it is detailed enough for us to have a glimpse of what producing does. And I myself have a fair share of experience, la, but luckily you managed to save me by saying a lot of details that I went through personally. So I'm not going like, to add on. So, uh, is there any like uh, tips and tricks for listeners that wants to be in this producing industry or want to jump in? Is there any like uh, particular thing that they can learn like straight away, like right now in their life to improve their ability to hmm. Okay, I think the most easiest way of improving how to be a producer is always have connections. Yeah, always have lots of connections. It's, it's not just like me and you. It's like you have to just keep going out there, you know, keep making friends. It doesn't need to be in the same industry. Always make friends with different industries because you never know one day you may really need them. Yep. Yeah. Wow, this is good advice. Yeah. Networking. I, I, ever since I started like, having my own business, I also noticed that uh, network really... I, I actually spent a whole lot of time to network with people uh, rather than doing the skill sets. I mean, the skill sets are equally important, but then uh, if you do have the network, you, you are not known to the outside world what you are doing and what you are capable of. Vice versa, people also need to know like how how well you do things. Because I think the networking is like people need to recognize that they call house a producer. This sentence calls a producer. If, you, if he don't put himself out there, then no one knows he does that. Then yes. vice versa, he also won't know what he can do then the, the, the network becomes very worthless if you don't if you don't put your name out there. La. So shameless is actually very critical if you are trying to create your own creative business. Creative business really the business itself, I think a lot of people don't do enough. Correct. People always do the creative part. It's very easy for us to do the creative part, but the business aspect I think is the part that uh, we we need to study la, because uh, it's not second nature to us. Yeah. So a lot of the process and stuff uh, it feels like it's extra but then uh, but then being part of if you want to become a director if you want to be a producer or if you want to be a set director you still need some sort of like this kind of soft skill or this kind of business skill so that you can do bad uh, because this kind of industry is a teamwork yes. so you really need to work with people in order to achieve something that is amazing hmm. because without that then uh, usually big uh, like big movies or like really good stories or stuff you, you need a crew of people yes. so every single uh, position of the film set is critical uh. you have all the sound men you have the grip then uh, you have all the producers directors DOPs uh, for me I, I feel that I only scratch the surface it feels like <laughs> I only do a DOP mm-hmm. and I love being a DOP because you can you can yeah. frame the shots you want to do. You have like a lot of choices of things that you want to create. Then when you see on screens or big screen, you, you have the satisfaction. Uh, but then you also have to work with producers on whether is it possible. Yeah. Work with groups, whether is it, do you have enough equipment? Uh, the lighting, do you have enough the power source? Like, uh, is, is does the power, the current, is it going to trick the whole building and stuff? Mm. I think a lot of things, a lot of homework need to be done. And this is where like, the team meetings 
take place. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hopefully, I have a chance to work with you guys in the future to put on a yeah, def- yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, this bigger project really takes a lot of effort, and when it happens and creates something that's like, wow, I think it makes everything very well. Yeah, I think. Like I, like uh, I'm gonna mention this one simple point that a lot of people has been telling me about producing. Uh, producers will are the only people can tell you whether we're gonna be very ambitious, or whether we can be ambitious. Yeah, it's whether will or can. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, or ambitious truth. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, they are they are not trying to smash the. Yes. But they're just trying to be practical mm. and seeing from the sources that they have and they give you like a practical answer. Yes. But of course, as a producer, part of your job is also finding sponsors. Mm. So, and that part also is a bit tricky because it's all network, it comes to more money, it comes to more money to do your, the things that you want to do. Yeah, so having a lot of connections really, the, uh, already, you know, you really fight the half the battle already. Yeah, so if you're able to get hundreds of connections better than a person that doesn't know anything doesn't know anybody I think that is already a big advantage already so just just get as many friends as you can even if you're an introvert if you're an extrovert just, just just go and make as many friends as you can uh, yeah. yeah I think uh, yeah, these are the hard truths uh. mm-hmm. if you really believe in this, this industry I, I notice every episode I, I will mention like one or two uh, hard truths that people may or may not like to know because yeah. they always see the beauty side of being in the media industry definitely or uh, just press the record button and stuff but then you don't know right before you press the record button there's like hours of homework that people do before they even start recording and mm-hmm. I think people need to know that this industry takes a long long time to like at least get the hang of it no not about mastering it but just <laughs> getting the hang of it like to to really get the groove lah. So um, if um, what's what's the what's the most uh, passionate part of the project that you 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 love like the whole time? I think being a producer really allows you to see a lot of things throughout the entire production itself, like from pre-production to post-production and. Being from a person that has a lot of ex- not say a lot of experience, but has experience in uh, post production itself, especially when I come to post production, the stage of it, I know I have extensive knowledge about it. So if I know that uh, things can't go well as what I think it is, I will sound out quickly. Yeah, unlike like any producers that doesn't have much knowledge about it, like they think they have a lot of knowledge about production itself or the pre-production itself at least they have knowledge of that but for me is that my experience come from post so editing wise visual effects or motion graphics or compositing or maybe color correction or things I, I would know a bit here and there so I'm able to help out if I need to help out and actually being a producer sometimes is you have to let go of your certain priorities and help them as well help out your teammates you have to assist them and um, I think that it's also that's where teamwork really comes in a big play and bonus if you have actually good you know establishing relationships with your teammates that's why I would say that's now that's how I said uh, good bonding with your if, if your like uh, whoever is working with it's important uh. yeah if you don't establish that bond 
it's really hard, even if you are an extrovert. Like I'm a bit of an extrovert, so I find it hard sometimes. If I don't like the person I'm working with, I find it very hard to put my pride aside to just mm. explain that, oh, I need to get this thing done. Let's do this together. It's really hard because when you have this negative um, impression of a person or this person's negative impression of you, it's really hard to just put your pride aside to just work things out and do this. So that's why, like I said, uh, if you could establish a good working relationship with the person, it really helps a lot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. So uh, for, for the project itself, like for engineering project, or you've been doing so like quite a bit of like, projects already, right? what's the biggest mistake you have ever made? Biggest mistake? I would say is overestimating your timeline. Yeah. So, okay, I don't want to sound like as if like I'm the most perfect person being a producer. Like at times, I do procrastinate as well. <laughs> Everybody does, let's be honest. Okay, so I procrastinate quite a bit. Um, and uh, if, it's, if it's me being my, doing my own work, like sometimes as a producer, I have to do my own edits as well and I have to do my own sourcing and everything. I tend to procrastinate because I know I can manage my own expectations and sometimes I do last minute work. Yeah, sometimes. I don't do it all the time. When I know I can do it quickly, I can do it quickly. But if I know I can do it like maybe in a few days, but I know I can rush it within like one or two days, then I will try my best to rush it lah because mm. maybe I have something else to do or maybe I just want to zone out for the entire day. I mean, yeah, yeah lah. It's not easy. You really need some time to rest. Like, yes, correct. Just, oh, 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 oh. Then I think even uh, your your work will translate mm. very uh, badly if you don't have enough rest. Yes. It, it feels like the, you guys are group because uh, when you're doing editing, uh, it's not like a one hour thing. Yes. It's like a couple of hours and maybe the first hour is, re- is when you really zone in. Then uh, after one hour, maybe you manage to like, start pacing, getting faster and faster. Yeah. But, if you do half an hour then you stop right I, I don't know I don't know about you but for me if I do half an hour and I cannot interrupt that I'll get pissed I'll get pissed then uh, I, I cannot it will take longer for me to go into the zone again so I, I need certain number of like, timing to be in the zone then mm-hmm. I'll edit much quicker so usually I'll do in like a two hour sprint I'll like get into the zone to get out of rest yeah I have the same working style as you but maybe for me is that my frequency is much more shorter so like I would take like uh, one hour quick edit I would, I would like focus really hard and then I would take maybe like a 15 or 30 minutes break and I'll repeat the same process but maybe not 30 minutes uh, maybe like a 15 minutes I'll use my phone maybe I'll just look through like internet or something I'll read articles just to yeah do other things so I mean having short frequent breaks really helps rather than you do one shot yeah, it's really tiring. Yeah, I, I find it because I'm I like to stand around, I need to go to the toilet, I need to walk around a bit sometimes, or I need, just need to play my phone a bit. And all these quick uh, breaks helps to refresh my mind a lot. Yeah. It's not like I'm trying to procrastinate sometimes because I sometimes need that kind of break to, you know, get myself in the zone. So sometimes when I try to overestimate my timing, I tend to fall short in terms of timelines as well. So that's the mistake that sometimes I have to learn to recover from. But again, we are all human, so 
we need our rest lah. <laughs> so yeah lah, it's it's not easy trying to break away from the procrastination, but at the same time, I still feel that procrastination it's important as we need rest. Yeah, but I mean, of course, you have to manage your procrastination a lot lah. You can't have like fifteen minutes of edit, then after that you rest one hour. That's not important lah. It doesn't help your project. It doesn't help with with producers or even for myself. It doesn't help with anything. In fact, you're actually hurting yourself more than you're helping it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, the last question is, uh, what's the best tip that you can offer to creative individuals? Not just like individuals that want to do producing, but creative uh, jobs in, in particular, like maybe be it photography, videography, anything in the creative field. What's the best tip you can offer them? Uh, don't be afraid. Just, just, just do it lah. So, like even for my photography series, like I haven't really done any photography before. So that was my only opportunity to do it with a solid, good branding. Not saying good, but I would say that at least it had a very good story to tell. So I think like when I did that the Credicles experiment, I felt really proud taking pictures. Because I was really passionate in what I wanted to do. And that's why I felt very comfortable talking about it. Rather than uh, you do something that is so mediocre, then you just don't feel passionate about it. Mm. Yeah, so I think the most important thing is that just don't be afraid. If you have something that you want to do, it's not just for creatives actually. Even for yourself, if you want to get a hobby, just, just do it. You may not even realize that you might even really love it a lot that it become your actual job itself. Or you've been wanting to... What? This, this is not... Okay, sorry. Why, 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 why I feel that I resonate is because uh, I've also been uh, playing with the camera and stuff. Even I, I also shoot, started shooting with iPhone first. Uh-huh. Then I went traveling and started filming there. I just filmed everything that possibly could. Then I started stitching into smaller videos. Yes. Then from there, I pick up uh, point and shoot. Then I started point and shoot. Mm. Definitely. I think it helped you a lot. Uh. So um another advice I mean I can give to a lot of people is that especially to those that you don't know what they want to do. Oh. There's everybody a lot. I mean, even for myself when I was young, I didn't really know what I want to do. So I would say that to a lot of people that just do a boring job. Like you hate doing that thing, do it. Oh. Yeah, so for example, right, I actually contemplated a bit. Like I want to do uh, retail for a bit because I don't really like retail. I don't like to do FMB as well mm. because like I get fidgety a bit so then I tend to wander around I tend to always forget things so I, w- I was considering doing F&B and retail during my NS break uh, like, and after NS so uh, after NS maybe I want because I was worried that I couldn't find a job okay. yeah because I was worried that people didn't want to find me because my portfolio because I personally thought that my portfolio was a little weak yeah, but then thankfully somebody found me so that it wasn't a big problem anymore. But I thought to myself, 
if you are doing something that it's very boring, it will encourage you to find something that you really like doing instead. So, so actually doing the opposite helps you to find the other opposite. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Okay, my full-time job uh, was actually uh, doing HR and admin in, uh, in Singapore Museum. Uh, mm. So at the start of the whole thing, after NS also, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was okay. First of all, I was learning a lot. I was learning like all the soft skills and stuff. You know, I was really enjoying it, stable pay and everything. Then as the time goes by, you know, uh, there's more commitments. Okay. Uh, we have a house, you know, we have more bills to pay, mm-hmm. we have more responsibility. I noticed that the pay is getting weaker and weaker. Like, I'm, I was unable to sustain uh, things in life that I really want. Yeah. That was one of the things that why I wanted to jump out. And uh, at, at that moment, I was also trying to figure out what I want to do while staying in a safe safety line, uh, the money pay and stuff. Then uh, that's, that's, that's when I, I discovered photography. Then it's a, a little bit longer than become videography. Yeah. And that's where I really uh, become passionate. Then I really try to find ways and means to make it work. Like, because when you, when you are being thrown and teach, uh, you will really force yourself to... To find something that you yeah, really like, really, yeah. really try your best to make it work. Be it uh, whether it can or cannot. You just have to make it can. Mm-hmm. I think when you force yourself into that situation, uh, you, you die, die, or make it work. You die, die, you find sales. You die, die, you will make it like your thing because you are really out in the ditch. There's there's nothing lower than that. So I I, I that's the that's a risky move lah. But uh, got one of my friend advised me that uh, if you really want to jump into this full time, one of the ways is you should uh be you should save up at least for six months. Mm. Six six months to kind of like uh, get a safety net. Yeah. yeah. At least manage to pay the bills. Mm. You monitor like how much sales and revenue that you can be able to do. What you can be surprised you might even uh, clear like just nice for every single month. Like uh, you scarcely you worry about nothing because uh, end up the six months that you save you might not even use it because you are you're doing okay every month. Yeah. Because it won't be so straightforward la. There will be some loopholes. So those people that you know like procrastinate and don't want to quit, I I notice there's this trend. The longer they stay on a full-time job, the harder they will need to, they need to jump because their pay will get higher and higher and it doesn't make financial sense for them to jump out. Like I got a friend, uh, I'm not going to say names, but <laughs> he, he is, he's in the finance industry okay. and his pay is relatively good. I'm, I'm not sure how much, but definitely I'm sure it's he's high, very yeah. comfortable mm. and uh, because he's, he's trying to have a family and mm-hmm. stuff, so it doesn't really make sense for him to jump out of that comfort zone into the media industry. Because it doesn't, it just doesn't stack up. And if you, like, actually what, what my partner said was right. Um, you you would think that uh, whatever you do free, freelance now will be like, the amount of pay that you're going to get sort of lah. But then uh, you never incur, like if you do full time, you have more time to find sales, more time to do marketing, and it turns more time to, uh, more, more funds will be into your bank because you are putting in more effort. Yeah, definitely. But because starting when I do, I always calculate, I was very practical. I was just mm-hmm. putting it in an Excel sheet and calculate based on the freelance amount of work that I've done. But it still doesn't make sense because uh, I'm, I'm not putting 100% into that. So that's why it will translate into that small amount. Ah. But actually, 
uh, you're supposed to visualize it as a full time. So there's like that gap that people fail to see. Uh. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing that I feel that I should share. Uh, because I went through that, I think I'm still in the process of that. Because I haven't reached one year yet, so, uh, but it feels like I'm doing okay. Mm. I think I'm doing okay. I think so. But, yeah. Uh, uh, that's one thing I wanted to share. Uh. So, uh, today we don't have Q&A because uh, we, we did that on our pre- for our previous guest. Then sure. I, I don't want to do it back to back. So, uh, how do people want to, like, if people want to like, get to know about your works and stuff, do you have any like websites or like uh, IG handle for them to like, kind of follow? Okay, so right now, I'm in the process of upgrading my website. Sorry? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ongoing right now. So I'm actually, you know, doing quite a bit of revamp. But I, it's the, the, the current website, it's still up there. So you still can visit here and there. Okay, so just visit at lamgokkao.com. Uh, Otherwise, you can follow me at uh, Instagram. It's I am, no, I A N M underscore K. A Y H, yeah. Other than that, you can find my my photography account at uh, the Creative Corners Experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just add in one more. Yeah, just just one more. But I'm also doing a bit of YouTube as well. Yeah, but it's. It's on hiatus right now because I'm planning some new content alongside with the podcast that I told you before already that, that I int- intend to do. So I intend to roll out together. So with the podcast, uh, it'll be like a, like a season two for that entire uh, YouTube channel itself. So, I mean, you can look through my old videos. I'm not that proud anymore already. But I mean, you can look through. Some of them I think is okay, but some of them are not really okay. But I mean, fine, just look it, look it through. Uh, but it's the same. Just Google the same name. My 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 full name. You will see me as well. So Lam Kok Kao again. Yeah. yeah sure. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Bye.